0: Hello everybody, my name is Brett Stewart and you're listening to Movie Go Round. This episode was our Netflix roulette for Swordfish, the awful John Travolta flick. Uh, This was the last episode of which we had a bunch of gear switches and a ton of audio issues. It's all fixed now, but we wanted to put something awesome in your feed that sounded great in its stead, so this may be my favorite episode from the Geek Cinema Society Archive, which was our previous podcast. It's for Avatar. That's right, the uh, James Cameron Avatar, the blue people, and it features the same terrific guest we had on for Swordfish, David Ginsburg of Tales from the Fandom. Please go listen to his show. I am so bummed that you're not going to hear the discussion where we tore apart Swordfish, but I'm so happy that... That we have an episode on file with him on it because he's a wonderful friend of the show. He's so terrific. We just adore him and his program. You owe it to yourself to check out Tales from the Fandom. If you like what we're doing here, you will like what he's doing over there, but you'll have an opportunity to hear him now as well. Also, thank you for your patience with the delay in releases. We took short time off for the holiday, but don't worry, we're back and here is Avatar. Now, the next episode, which will also drop in your feed today because we want to catch you up after the holiday, is a future classics episode. That means it has to be a film that came out in the last 10 years that whoever is picking it deems will be a classic in the future. This was my pick this time around, and I said that 2011's Attack on the Block will be a future classic. This is a uh, British film with a young John Boyega, that's Finn in Star Wars and a young Jodie Whittaker, who is, of course, the doctor now. So I highly recommend checking that out. You may need the subtitles. Those accents are pretty thick. They're speaking English, but it's not quite the English you speak if you're from the U.S., but I highly recommend it. Again, the next episode coming out in your feed today is 2011's Attack the Block. Enjoy! Hello, hello, hello. My name is Brett Stewart, and you are indeed listening to the Geek Cinema Society, the show where every single week we delve deep into films considered pivotal to geek culture. And when we started this endeavor 57 weeks ago, give or take, depending on our release order on these, uh, we reached out to you, the listeners, in order to make a big, giant list. And there were lots of films on that list. About half of them are inexplicably on there for some odd reason. And our guest every single week decides what film they're gonna watch based on what they've never seen before but would like to now before i introduce our wonderful guest i do want to go ahead and introduce my two equally wonderful co-hosts i'm excited to be back i've been out for the last couple weeks or like the this last week and then the next week on the podcast feed i will be out so it's exciting to be back nicole davis how are you doing
1: Uh, pretty good although i seem to have gotten my tail cut in the spiral plants last night so i've been kind of trapped here all day so if somebody could swing by with you know the giant plastic panther to maybe help get me free that would be great
0: that would be really good and i'm also going to throw out there that it's currently storming in chicago right now hence any potential background noise that i'm going to try to cut out but my other wonderful co-host david lou zader how are you See, Nicole stole my shtick of having like a movie-related <laughs> introduction, which is actually perfectly
2: fine because my introduction for this movie was just going to be: I hate this movie so much, I don't have an introduction. So let's let's just dive into <laughs> this pile okay. of paper that I have brewing. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's
1: Adatone.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we have two Davids on this week for the first time actually that we've had a double name it's david ginsburg uh he's host of tales of the fandom a show where he brings on guests to discuss their favorite fandoms and their takes on that fandom's culture it's a pleasure to have you david do you want to tell us a little bit about your program
3: hey thank you guys having me uh tales from the fandom is a weekly podcast where i have a different guest on and we talk about what they love why they love it uh favorite characters favorite stories and really it's just all about them and me getting to interact with people all across the world. I dig that. So like, what are some recent fandoms you guys have covered? Oh man. Uh, gargoyles, the old, uh, Disney cartoon show was one of the (laughs) most recent ones I talked about with somebody, uh, avatar, the last airbender, of course, game of Thrones and Harry Potter are really popular star Wars. And then, uh, just some different book series too. uh, We talk about like the Percy Jackson series or uh, I mean, we we pretty much hit everything. If it's out there, uh, it's been talked about
0: right on. Very cool. I love that because a lot of the times I'll either be a part of a fandom and want to hear more about other people who are also part of the fandom, or I will completely not understand a fandom, in which case a show like that could kind of give me some insight into it. Uh, So thank you for being here. And unfortunately, for at least one person on this panel, uh, we went to the other Avatar this week, 2009's Avatar. That's the film that David Ginsberg, I'm mean, going to use last names a little bit this episode, not to make it too confusing, uh, picked. He had never seen it before. On the lush alien world of Pandora, live the Na'vi, beings who appear primitive but are highly evolved. Because the planet's environment is poisonous, human-slash-Navi hybrids called avatars must link to human minds to allow for free movement on Pandora. Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington, that one guy that you saw on Avatar, a paralyzed former Marine, becomes mobile again through such avatars and falls in love with a Navi woman. As a bond with her grows, he is drawn into a battle for the survival of her world pocahontas 2 blue boogaloo is this movie um <laughs> nicole this was 299 on a 500 on our list so it's up there but it's on there so why
1: Oh, as he is wont to do, James Cameron used new technology yet again to shoot this epic uh, using special monitors while shooting to see the CGI and the actors together in real time and a 3D camera system that he helped to develop. Uh, It was the best CGI rendering that had ever been done to that point, and the beautiful 3D visuals helped bring in crowds that broke Cameron's own box office record for Titanic and made Avatar the highest-grossing film of all time. Uh, Even adjusting for inflation, it's still number two in worldwide grosses behind Gone with the Wind, and the technological innovations are still being used in performance capture and CGI today. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. This is a very intriguing film to me because it draws such ire, uh, with 2020 vision, but, uh, or hindsight rather, uh, not 2020 vision. With 2020, if you can see really, really well, you're not gonna like Avatar. If
1: you can see this movie, you will not like it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, but in seriousness, it draws such ire now, especially amongst geeks, but it was such a groundbreaking thing when it came out. I cannot think of, perhaps with the exception, i mean y- i'm the youngest person here i believe uh mm-hmm. like with the, except perhaps perhaps with the force awakens maybe i can't think of anything in my lifetime on that was like avatar that everyone right. was seeing in the theater once twice three times
2: let me give this movie it's due before all i do for the next hour is just lay and do it <laughs> uh because from a technical and visual standpoint yeah this movie is pretty fantastic I mean, they did a lot to make this world feel very real and conceptualized. And then we spent over half the movie masturbating about how great Pandora looks. (laughs) Sorry, slipping into it already. Uh, But I will say, like, I was even watching this movie today in standard definition, and it's still like the CGI held up pretty well. You know, I don't want to admit that, but it did. Like, from a technical perspective, they did a a lot of amazing things with this movie
0: they did and i would like to hand it over to david ginsburg why did you pick this film And there's a lot of films on the list you obviously went through 298 of them before you found this one which probably cannot be said for a lot of people that find avatar um why uh
3: I, we go back a little bit with avatar uh we had our first child in 2008 and then my wife got pregnant again in early march of 2009 and there was a time period where my in-laws were supposed to watch the kids and we were supposed to be able to go see this movie and we never got that opportunity they went to go see the movie and left us at home and the work environment that i was in everyone kept talking about avatar and they talked about seeing it in 3d how beautiful it was uh, the graphics, how groundbreaking. I'm thinking to myself, man, have you never seen like any good sci-fi movies? Because all I keep hearing about Avatar beyond like the the rave CGI or rave 3D stuff is uh, that is Pocahontas or Fern Gully. And that's that's the running theme. And I'd never seen it, even when it hit like Netflix or if it's like a couple dollars to go see the movie, I never saw it. And I just decided that, I guess, you know, coming on this show, I could either watch it and get more fodder for jokes or maybe I'd actually like it. And that's what I went with.
0: You know, I like that. Sometimes we have guests on. They're like, oh, I, don't know. I saw it. It'll look kind of interesting. <laughs> like, not that that's not OK, but I like that there is a long-standing lineage of you just missing this film. Uh, this is a film. As Nicole said, that's visually stunning at the time it came out. So why don't we talk about that first before we lay into it? Because there are, there is going to be a lot of laying into it. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, did anyone see this in 3D? That's something that David put in our document in the theaters. Obviously, David Ginsburg did not. Uh, did either of my two co-hosts see this in 3D in the theater?
1: I believe... Oh, no... No, that was the other one. So- no, I did not. I saw it on a, a nice big screen with very nice sound and it was, you know, even in 2D, it's it was visually quite beautiful and I got very absorbed in it when I was in the theater uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed my experience there and I had a, a different experience watching it on television this time, but I will throw it over to David.
2: Ah uh, so yes, I did see this movie in three d at uh, this theater in Phoenix that is called the Cine Capri. The Prix is this massive premium format theater. It's not quite IMAX, but it's definitely much more of an experience than a regular screen. And so I saw it in three d there and every like quibble about the plot aside like if if there is somehow a chance to see this movie in three d in some big format like, <sighs> It's kind of worth it. I mean, at this point with ticket prices, no, but back in 2009, absolutely. But yeah, it was like visually absorbing.
0: Yeah, I saw this in 3D in the theaters. I saw it in IMAX 3D the first time I ever saw it. And I remember being so mind blown because... I will hold to this day, and I own a 3D TV, a real 3D TV, and it's all, it's only a couple years old, but it's already incredibly outdated, because no one really cares about that anymore. But I still enjoy it. I think it's cool, even though everyone I know gets headaches from it. Uh, and I own this on 3D, because it came with the TV. Uh, that's actually how they were marketing the TVs at the time. And it's incredible in 3D. And I will stand by that I think if you enjoy the technology of real 3D, so if you don't get headaches from it, if you don't mind wearing the glasses, yada, 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 this is the film for it, because it just feels like it was done right. A lot of this, films, when you watch yeah. them in real 3D, there's like a there's like a, a slightly enhanced depth, which is interesting, and I actually like that. But this one, stuff actually kind of comes at you, and that's what blew me away, is when I was in the theater for the first time, and the little, you know, um, sprites that fly around in the forest just start flying around in front of you, and that was totally different than anything I'd ever seen before.
2: This is the only film that I I would argue that should be seen in 3D. Uh, But I will say watching it now in 2D standard definition, all that, uh, there are a couple moments where they very much play to the 3D with like the way that people like posture themselves or like stuff is like reach like people like reach out. And it's like that's supposed to be like a whoa, 3D moment.
0: Totally, totally uh now the visuals of this film let's talk a bit about them for anyone who has not seen any glimpse of avatar first of all spoilers come on back but uh it is a massive very green world they worship a giant world tree type thing and uh it's very very pretty it's very gorgeous as david said the world holds up particularly well for being eight years old at this point for me One thing I noticed was the world was still really beautiful. The Na'vi looked a little bit plastic. I don't know. Uh, David Ginsberg, what did you think?
3: Uh, I have to agree. Like, I loved the actual world setting, and I loved, like, a lot of the creatures in it. But the Na'vi, for me, is very hard for me to just, I don't, I, I guess, come to grips with their character design. I kept, I even asked my wife, I was like, well, what are they supposed to be? Are they, Are they cat people? Are they like elvish cat people? Um, It's very hard for me to just distinguish on what... I know that they're supposed to be alien and their tails like have the the funky stuff going on their
1: genitals (laughs) (laughs) it's the the braids it's the braid genitals not the tails have nothing to do with it sorry
2: the tails are fine the braids are weird but
3: but yeah i mean the the navi definitely they almost seem out of place at times with the the backgrounds that they have but i mean that's just me
0: and i think that's probably fair to say that uh, in eight years, we've come an incredibly long way with CGI, uh, and at the time, this probably did look a lot more real than it does now. But I do think the environment looks really beautiful. I don't know. What do you think, Nicole? Yeah.
1: No, I, I I agree. the The environment absolutely looks fantastic, and I mean that's a hundred percent artificial. Although there's certainly some Earth inspirations for it, uh, particularly the floating mountains. You know, that's based on a real. Uh, mountain range in China that where the mountains come up out of the water rather than floating in the air, obviously. But it looks very similar to that. It's also similar to I, I believe it's a Magritte painting. It's one of the surrealist painters has this painting of a giant floating rock.
0: Um, Wait, Nicole, clearly, are you, you know, telling me this movie is derivative of different things?
1: No. Yes. But I mean, it's, it's still, it's beautiful. Yeah, so it's, know. you know, the color is eye popping. It's very... You know, it was was a very absorbing experience in the theater. And I did, this time, I did find, yeah, I did find the Navi a little bit plasticky looking. And I had a hard time. Uh, They were fine on their own, but interacting with fine things in their environment. Or even Um, people. You didn't really believe that they were gripping things or... Picking things up, but you certainly didn't believe they were touching humans at any point.
2: Yeah, and I, I thought too the, the human hybrids stood out as looking worse than like the normal Navi, like yes. the one that was supposed to like be Sam Worthington's face or Sigourney Weaver's face. Uh, by the way, uh, this is the third time we've seen Sigourney Weaver in a Geek Cinema Society film. She's joined the three P Club, uh, but. Yeah, they're just like, there's something about the way those faces were squished and kind of stretched out, like, really laid into the Uncanny Valley a lot.
0: Especially well, his partner. I think what was,
1: oh, like, sorry, something that I noticed was that they, they messed with the lower halves of their faces, almost not at all. It was just, like, the lower half of the human face, but blue, and then they merge it into these giant cat eyes and strangely placed ears, and it all goes wrong, and you're just... Sigourney Weaver's character in particular ends up looking particularly cartoonish. Yes. Um, it's something I mean, she is a she has a, a rather uh, thin lipped mouth and it renders very oddly, um, particularly since a lot of the Navi have fuller lips. And that seems to be sort of a, a, tr- a characteristic trait. So she looks extra weird It's like she doesn't quite she doesn't look quite human, but she also doesn't look quite like a Navi either.
0: So I'd I'd be curious in the pre-show, David was telling us that uh, David Ginsburg, that uh, his kids actually watched it twice this week, I believe. So what did they think of the of the visuals and stuff? I feel like it's interesting to see what a younger generation would would think of this.
3: Uh, They they really liked it. I think they were more in tuned with uh, – and, and, you know, my kids are eight and twin sevens at this point. So anything sure. with explosions or fighting is they, – they don't care. They, that's what they're geared towards. And uh, they pretty much skip the movie up until they start blowing up the tree. And then after <laughs> that, like, that's, that's their jam right there is – that's what they're going for. They didn't say anything about the animation. They They – wondered why like they were burning somebody's body at the beginning but other than that like they they said they liked the movie, but they liked things blowing up and fighting the best.
0: See, I was going to say that if you were able to sink six hours of an eight-year-old and two seven-year-olds time this week, you should probably just buy the movie. Uh, but if they skip to the very ending, maybe not. Uh It's a very long movie. That's a good segue into that. This movie is two hours and 40 minutes, give or take, if you watch the standard cut, the theatrical cut. And if you watch the extended cut, like I did, it's a little bit over three hours. Does it need the be?
1: No. no. Where does
0: the extra 20 minutes come from?
1: <laughs> it comes from the extended ending where he goes around rallying all the different tribes for 15 minutes.
0: Oh, and it's also in the beginning, though. <laughs> there's some extra scenes in the beginning that I, that are like like expositional scenes of him being a loser.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you that you either out and out don't need or you could trim the same scene down by at least half and still get all the information in that you need to.
0: Absolutely. I I can full heartedly vouch that the extended cut of this movie is entirely useless. In fact, they actually need a cut cut version of this movie. That is, I would actually be interested in that to see a really sharp editor come in and just go to town on avatar and make it like a sharp, like hour and 45 minutes, two hours long. Yeah, might you be can interesting. lose
2: a lot of the the hour after the first uh, fifteen minutes of this movie. There's just there's a lot there that uh, really really doesn't need to happen. I actually, I would argue there's two hours and forty
0: minutes of this movie that really <laughs> doesn't need to happen, but that's neither here nor there. Well, at the end of the film, on the last hour, the third act uh it i was watching this and i'm like this has got to be over right um and i and i pause it i have an hour left of the movie on the extended cut granted so about 40 minutes left and they're just starting the final fight scene that is like the end of the movie in one giant it's a massive end, end scene it sounds like it worked for like david's kids but i don't know if it worked for me did it work for you david uh
3: no i mean <laughs> there the the length of time to get from i guess point a which everyone knows you're you're going to get to that fight i mean they've already laid it out for you i understand needing some of the training and some of the experience and showing like oh yes they're gathering stuff they're trying to figure out what what's going on in the planet they're doing science science is good uh there's just a lot of stuff that they they i I mean they could have cut out uh, I could have seen this movie going maybe 220, 215, 220 and then that'd be fine.
0: Cuz not a lot is going on. In the first 2 hours, I don't I just well, don't he's feel like
1: learning how to be one of them.
0: I know, but couldn't that just have been a montage? Couldn't we have just taken the song from the ending credits and put it over no. that and that could have been it? Absolutely. absolutely. It could have been a montage. We
2: also could have been spending that time actually meeting different Na'vi and investing in their culture rather than seeing him learn how to mate with a horse or a bird. (laughs) Just a thought. You know, we could have seen him having meals. We could have seen him speaking with the people. We could have learned some names. I can't name any of the Na'vi. None of them.
0: i I don't even know the girl's name yeah exactly that
1: one i can that's that's natiri
0: natiri i uh there's so the this movie has subtitles when they're talking and like written in papyrus because for some reason that's the he he leaned into that font for this film (laughs) which is beyond me uh and the cut i was watching like didn't have working subtitles And so I watched this entire film never actually knowing what they were saying while talking in Navi and nothing was lost for me at any point, especially because most of the time they'll talk in Navi and then turn to someone who doesn't speak Navi and explain what they just said. So nothing was lost for me from that perspective. It was okay.
2: Yeah, th- 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 that scene where he is rallying the, the people the- the- <laughs> uh, and he's like giving this big dramatic speech, but there's like someone else to, like translate it for him. Like, <laughs> no. I feel like so much of the drama would kind of be lost there. Cause it's just like he's going to lead the people, but he's not going to speak your language.
0: Yeah. Right. He speaks a little bit of it toward the end, uh, but it's certainly, certainly not fluent like some of his colleagues. Uh, yes. this movie is a tropathon. That's something in our queue from Nicole. Obviously, yep. like everything from, you know, White Savior to the, the dialogue. I want to point out that James Cameron has the writing credit on this and it shows. Yep. He's not a good yep. writer. Uh,
1: I will give it to James Cameron. I have always thought that he is. A fantastic and involving storyteller, but his dialogue is poo, so and it always close, has yeah. been. And he, it's I don't know that it's ever going to get better at this point. But uh, yeah, the tropes I have a list. I tried to I tried to rein myself in. It's only eight. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh,
2: geez. So, <laughs> I, I thought um, you could say eight pages, and I would be like, yeah, that's not enough.
1: Yeah. So we have uh, number one: the noble savage. Uh, number two, white guy swoops in and saves the natives by being a better native than any of the natives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three, white guy marries local indigenous girl without really thinking through the consequences. Oh, okay. Uh, four, evil corporate representative of greed incarnate. Uh, five, military that is simultaneously devil and savior with really cool stuff that goes boom. Uh Six, military guy who is super badass, but you know, a bad guy. Um, seven, nature is better than any technology, except look at all this really cool tech stuff. Hmm. And number eight, I am going to learn an alien language in three months flat.
2: So, are we, let's also just mention onobtainium while we're here. <laughs> that, is a,
1: that, that is a thing. I found that's a thing.
2: That is an actual trope referring to something that is supposed to be really difficult to obtain this is seriously this is something where it was written into the script it was like unobtainium we'll come back to that later Uh, (laughs) and they never did we're shooting it and we're just like is this really what we're going to call it unobtainium
1: No, but that's uh, – this was invented roughly around the 1950s. Aerospace engineers have been using the term unobtainium uh, when referring to something that's unusual or costly or theoretically perfect for their application but doesn't actually exist. Uh, But, you know, calling it unobtainium, you might as well call it MacGuffin crystals. (laughs) Because, I would like know, this
2: movie more if it
0: did. And just, keep in mind, the largest deposit of MacGuffin crystals is right beneath their massive world tree, which is right. itself another problem. Oh, it's right where the people are. The people. Scotty, guys. can you
1: recalibrate the MacGuffin crystals?
0: Oh,
2: boy. Yeah. So much of what you said angers me uh, because <laughs> it's all absolutely true. The thing of like him coming in, the scene that always really gets me is fired up don't know why, is when he comes in and he's first meeting the people and uh, it's like, oh, this is my father. And his response of like, I'm in an alien culture that I don't understand. I'm an unwelcome guest. I better try to shake his
1: hand. (laughs) (laughs) What? He goes stomping right up to him with my hand stuck out. Nice to meet you, sir. I (laughs) think Chester
0: yeah does yeah. it help does it help or hurt i mean i obviously it hurts um, am i am i out of place saying that sam worthington is a very like not necessarily a great actor but not like he's he's like he's like the actor version of the movie rv he's like not he's, he's not like aggressively bad but there's nothing good about him
1: he's like an actor template yeah that hasn't been filled in quite yet
0: right <laughs> <laughs> yep. So and he's
1: like he's 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 you know moderately good looking. He's got a moderately interesting voice, he's got some inflection. Uh
0: <laughs> and keep in mind he starred the guy- in an Academy Award winning best picture film like a year or two later. Yeah, I don't want to say like the guy hasn't been working
2: but yeah. I can't think of anything
0: I've seen him in. Since Hurt Locker, Clash of Titans. That's the only two things I can think of. He's in Hurt Locker. He's the lead in Hurt Locker. No, that's, no, that's jeremy, jeremy Renner. Renner. Oh, never mind, same person, whatever. Um <laughs> Same difference. No, he
1: was in uh you I know he was in Terminator Salvation. He wasn't. He, he was in
0: Clash of finish. Titans though, wasn't he? The reboot yeah, next, that was awful. The next year, yeah, yeah, didn't see year. that. That was also a 3D <laughs> film, but that was actually the worst 3D film I've seen. That was really bad. <laughs> but um,
1: uh, yeah, the the tough guy faux film noir voiceover that he does gets annoying after about uh, two minutes, and there's like half an hour of it in the and movie. And then
0: it, it, yeah, then it's abandoned for pretty much the entire film. The first half hour is like the first half hour of him on Pandora is really heavy with it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I got to get all that exposition in somehow.
0: Yeah. So the exposition, I think I saw additional parts of it because I know they added some scenes with him in the beginning of the film. Uh, would this film have been better if we had seen like like the culture of Earth or does it not matter? Because I no, kind of, you don't think so? Because Earth looked kind of cool. Like it, it was like dystopian, corporate greed, Blade Runner world, but I kind of wanted to see it.
1: No, I mean I, I don't think it's necessary. All they, all you need to know is that they're desperate for this stuff because they're running you know, they're they're running out of resources on Earth. But I mean it's I don't you know, it's just the thing that gets me really ticked is that the guy had it's a six year trip from Earth. He couldn't have taken like one of those years to study the language or the culture or anything about the planet that he's going to. None of that in six mm, years. He's going to sleep yeah. the whole time. You know, that's, that's selfish. That's just selfish.
3: <laughs> he's just there for a paycheck. That's right. But- he, he did say uh, when he is trying to rally like the planet to his aid that look into my mind, you know, there's no green where I'm from back, back on my planet. It's all gone. And right. Like, OK, that I, oh, I yeah, they
0: killed their mother. Right. Uh, I told. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I don't know. I just I guess my main problem with Avatar and I feel like we keep circling around and around is that it's pretty but there's no substance uh no. and 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 i and you know i mentioned it in the intro and and david mentioned it earlier as well uh it's blue pocahontas with with less singing i mean there's one singing scene but it's really not very disney so it doesn't count um yeah that's about he's it Trying,
1: yeah he's trying really hard to make it you know here is everything that you think you know about Native American cultures and African tribes and we're going to throw it all into one culture and you're going to assume you know everything about it, even though we don't get a it's, it's a very
0: superficial feel for it. And that's a wasted opportunity because he, he built such a cool world. And of yeah. all the things he could have done with that world, he was like, do you know what would have been cool? pocahontas like, <laughs> that's my problem with it is that and here's we're gonna get to the sequels a little bit later in the show but he does want to um in fact you know why don't we do it now we're at that point in our, our roundtable. table uh this is something that is almost a bit of a tragedy because james cameron like or hate him he is a a an interesting director at times and yeah. he's basically saying hey you know the rest of my career Avatar, uh, because <laughs> he planned out four sequels for this. He's filming them simultaneously Hobbit style or, yeah, didn't the Hobbit do that? Yeah, they did. Um, he's <laughs> filming them simultaneously and every year we get a release date that is constantly pushed back we are supposed to get the second avatar sequel like three years ago and that one was supposed to be the one that focuses on the tribes that are by the water which we only see for a very brief moment in the movie um he wants to make four of these and on top of that i should also add that disney has now roped into this because down at, at at um Animal Kingdom, which is part of Disney World, or at least adjacent to Disney yep. World in Florida, they just recently opened, like, the Pandora ride. And I was there a couple weeks ago the weekend it opened in May, and um, we couldn't get on the ride. We couldn't even get Fast Passes, and I was with season pass holders Uh it was jam-packed with a five-hour wait so that's basically going to disney to ride the avatar ride at that point um it has two rides on it it's granted it's gorgeous like it is beautiful and that struck me as weird because disney looked at a property that was eight years old and was like we should make a an entire ride on that and it, and it paid off like it, it, it's popular but i find that so interesting not a lot of things that are eight years old we're gonna get like a gigantic new property in disney
1: Look at who they're investing in, though. They're looking, they're investing into a man whose movies have made billions with a B, billions of dollars. Just this one director's films. You know, between Terminator 2, to a lesser extent, The Abyss, but Titanic and Avatar, this guy's movies make big, big
0: money. When he gets them done. Like, is this just going to turn yeah, into the... It
1: was 12 years between Titanic and Avatar.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he he seems to be a, a George R. R Martin-esque creative, where he wants to get everything right in his head, and he's not prepared to let anything go until that happens. Uh, because four more of these movies, am I going to see the last one? Are any of us going to see the last one of this? Sigourney no, Weaver so got
1: signed well. on to to play a different character for the next I don't know how many and I mean she's she's in her 60s. I'm a little concerned. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, not terribly
1: uh, worried. You, she seems very healthy, but you know, a little concerned.
0: So, if I just so. so just the I googled Avatar and clicked news. There have been seven different updates in the last Year of Avatar Two is coming. In fact, three days ago, at the time of recording this, Vanity Fair Avatar Two is coming. Seriously, this time, uh, an update <laughs> on the long-awaited sequel, <laughs> a deep dive into a puzzling. Oh wait, no, this is a big giant f- cover piece. But yeah, they're saying that finally, it's getting a release date in December of twenty twenty. Eleven so. years after the original film. December 18th, 2020 for Avatar 2, December 17th,
2: 2021 for Avatar 3, December 20th, uh, 2024 for Avatar 4, Uh. and December 19th, 2025 for Avatar 5.
0: Well, maybe. I mean, if he's filming them concurrently, then there's no reason he couldn't release them quicker, I guess, if they're done. I will be
1: in my 50s when the (laughs) last one comes out.
0: Uh, again assuming they body. ever come out this this is this is was supposed to come out in 2016 it was supposed to come out last year and that yeah. itself had been delayed so yeah i guess i He's guess i'm just very you know yeah i'm just confused i don't know i don't understand why this warrants four more movies and why oh, a doesn't. man of his caliber in because think about it uh how old is james cameron probably something 60s maybe uh yeah i think so 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 he he's spent you know 11 12 years making avatar he's 62 for the record okay 62 and he's gonna spend god knows how long making all these other movies like th- this is a lifelong project at this point this is like he's he's all in yeah uh first of all guy's been married a bunch <laughs> uh, <laughs> second of all his
2: net worth is insane currently and you have to realize, like with Disney getting involved on in this, they are going to milk the Avatar uh, products for the till the end of time. And the fact that it's in one of their parks, and I, you know, I was looking at for stuff for the show tonight uh, for later on, and it's there's just so much stuff that they just sell at Disney. So much little crap they probably sell at five hundred percent markups that they are just making bank on. Like this is. It's a franchise. It's not even a franchise yet. It's like already is a money printing machine. Uh, David, well, you I had wanna, something.
3: I want to say that, you know, being a resident of Orlando, uh, okay. Disney kind of was forced into a corner because Universal Studios got Harry Potter uh, way before they got the like Disney uh, settled on Avatar. And I know that with Disney, they, they try to like do that long forward thinking part of it. And a lot, a lot of people here in Orlando were like, "Why Avatar?" Especially with nothing being done, and they took so long to go from uh, acquiring the property, or I, I don't know, like what their their balances with James Cameron as far as like uh, like investing in the movie or just being having the rights to have it in their park, but they went so long from concept and getting everything built that now it's, it's almost irrelevant. And then the big thing, and I I haven't been there, but I've been uh, hearing people do reviews on it is that with avatar, you have the story of this person who has lost the use of his legs and he, you know, goes in and is able to walk again through the avatar. And they said that the avatar rides are so, um, discriminatory against people who have handicaps like you cannot get into i guess it's uh like you ride uh the flying creature the banshee and they said you can't uh really get into that ride unless you're like under 200 pounds and under like six foot or and if you're if you're handicapped uh in a certain way you can't actually ride that ride and then the the river tour that they do there's some other issues that they brought up that It's not very handicap accessible and people were like just going crazy about like that's you you have the story, but you're not reflecting it in
0: the park. That's fascinating. I wouldn't have even thought about that. In fact,
1: that is that is terrible.
0: Just entirely you know, anecdotally, a- like, I, I realized this week, I had, I had a, a wonderful, wonderful house guest here last day, Reagan Sims here on the network, and, and Reagan's a disabled person, and she talks about that a lot on her shows, and, uh, and I was pushing around in a wheelchair in Chicago, and I did not realize what someone in a wheelchair has to deal with like in terms of like picking which sidewalks are easiest for us to go down and getting on and off the L and just this whole long thing I can imagine going to an amusement park is that times 10 and this is a really popular ride and that sucks that someone with a disability might have an issue getting on it especially given the subject matter
3: yeah it it was kind of crazy um I've heard the 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 world is beautiful but I don't know what their plans are for the future, especially uh, if the movies, you know, do come out or do get made. Because I saw that same same sequel, uh, you know, pitch on. Oh, it's going to be twenty twenty. It's like, yeah, I heard that like five years ago and six years ago. And okay, you're, the technology is better. I guess the other thing is that like James Cameron I, makes money off of the technology that he's helped funding to make, and you know, is being used now for other projects and.
0: Maybe but. Disney is, is, I mean, I'm surely Disney is, is supplementing, you know, the production, you know, the income for the production of Avatar in some way, perhaps. Cause they gotta be very expensive to make. And maybe that's part of the problem of how long it takes to make them. But again, I, it just seems odd to me. I mean, you invest in Harry Potter, I get that. There's, there's eight books, there's like, seven books, whatever. There's like eight movies. Um, and you invest in this, and by the time the sequel comes out, it's 11 years old uh but it's it's fascinating to me and you are right like them and universal are in this weird race i learned that when i was down there that universal has recently gotten a lot better so because of that they kind of have to compete more with Mm -hmm. disney um so it's a very interesting franchise idea to me and and david luzader is also right in the fact that this is a franchise before its franchise and disney's very good at that when i was in disney in may uh Everything in every single park, even where it makes zero sense, is Star Wars. There's Star Wars all over Animal Kingdom that makes no sense uh but it's everywhere because they have the rights to it and they throw merchandise everywhere and it's all like hotcakes so um they'll probably do the same thing with avatar if avatar can become a series of sequels that actually like continue and start coming out uh so uh we talked a little bit about the noble savages and the white savior that's something that is very tropey it's this to the 10th degree in this film uh david do you want to touch on anything more about that before we depart
2: no i think um I think Nicole hit some stuff pretty well and going through the tropes. Yeah. It's, it's extremely tropey. Uh, it's yeah. The, the white guy is a better, uh, better one of the natives than the natives. But of course he still uses, uh, human technology and he's the one who like saves the day. Like it, it all comes down to like, well, and when we're saying like white guys, we're also mean like Americans. And like, also, cause I want to, another thing about this film, there's this scene where the, 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 Uh, bulldozers are pushing towards the tree and it cuts to the guy who's operating the bulldozer and he's dressed the way like a trucker would be dressed in this space station which like let's also talk about the fact for a second they're in a space station Sigourney Weaver is smoking they'd be in an oxygen rich environment (laughs) that'd be dangerous for everybody Oh, i'm sorry i forgot what i was talking about here this movie sucks
0: <laughs> uh this is one from you as well david could the sequels uh be anything except humans coming back and carbon bombing pandora from space <laughs> the, no uh,
2: that's it that's the only logical sequel they they don't kill all the humans they just push them off back into space so what are the humans going to do hey we have a military with nukes let's
0: just go take care of that problem yeah. How are there going to be five of these? i That's a really good question, actually. Like, it, it, We're talking about these sequels and, and the logistics of getting them made, but the actual content is somewhat questionable. I'd be interested to see some of the subgroups. Like, I want to see the, the people in in the sea, and I want to see the plains people with the crazy horses. Those are kind of cool to me. But outside of that, I don't, I don't know what else it would do, and I don't know how you would wrap humans into it. Maybe the humans are gone, or maybe they're just like a side plot. Maybe it's like Jake Sully immersing himself and there's some sort of conflict like within the Na'vi or uh, or elsewhere on this giant planet. I don't know. That's giving James Cameron a lot of credit. Yeah, you're right. It's, <laughs> gonna be aliens, that means it's probably just going to be humans bombing them. Uh, it'll be very explosive. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, David Ginsberg? Uh,
3: I have the same question. I mean, the as far as anything goes, I, I loved uh, the concept of possibly seeing as you had mentioned the, like the sea Navi and like the, the planes, you know, the, the horse ride or not horse, but whatever creature things that they rode. And, you know, it looks cool. And I'm, I'm interested in delving into that. And I'd love to kind of get like some more backstory on, uh, like the uniting of clans and, and maybe some of that stuff, but David's right. Like, I don't understand. They are not a spacefaring people. what, Are they going to do? I all they all they have to do is come back with just more ships because they blew the hell up of a lot of the warriors that came. They they died like there wasn't money left after the movie ended.
1: Yeah, well, you know, maybe everybody goes off afterwards and twines or braids together and whatnot. Yeah, um, they
2: never. I mean, they doesn't
1: have lots more of the people.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we understand how the mating works theoretically, but we never got into like, where 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 do the Navi babies come from?
1: No, (laughs) no, obviously
2: their anatomy is close to human for no reason.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I think that I think the braids are like a they're like the the
0: spiritual connection, emotional bonding part,
1: and the the physical bonding parts are in the the expected place. At least that seems to be implied from the, uh, I guess you could call it the wedding night of Jake now, and Nateri.
2: See, I will disagree on that one because in an early scene uh, where Jake is getting ready to go to sleep in like the barracks, Sigourney Weaver walks by and says, don't play with that, you'll go blind. <laughs> Which uh, kids, if you don't know, that's an old timey thing that, pe- that people used to say about
1: masturbation yeah (laughs) particularly catholic parents used to tell their kids (laughs) Uh, that or jesus is watching you
0: jesus is watching you (laughs) um but not on pandora uh so let's talk about the song at the end of the credits for those unfamiliar why Why is is there a song at the end of the credits
1: when there's no song yeah it's called i see you
0: and it's 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 recorded by British singer Liano Liana Davis, uh, Liana Lewis. I'm sorry, I don't know. Why I read Davis. Never heard um, of her. Never heard of her. Uh, this was a film, a, a song that Cameron wanted to be really popular. Uh, it's drawn parallels, at least in his mind, to My Heart Will Go On from it didn't work. Titanic. Uh, and actually, it just. Blast from the Past. It premiered on MySpace on December fifteenth, two thousand nine. <laughs> it was stated to be important to create the world. Uh so there's a video that they described as sexy and modern, but also complimentary of the film. We're not gonna get into that. But it's questionable. Um See, not a good yeah, song. I, this is the first time learning this song exists
2: because in order for me to have heard it over the credits, I would have had to have kept watching. As soon as as this movie was over, I'm like, commitment done. Bye! Connection seat.
3: Yeah, when I I watched, it was like, okay, we started it at 8 o'clock and finished at almost 11. Uh, We stopped right after it ended, and that was it.
2: We started it Tuesday, and it's next Friday.
0: Lewis performed I see you for the first time on the season six series finale of so you think you can dance really I want to look this up and see if she's wearing something that is really culturally culturally reappropriated it has to be right she's got to be wearing something stupid
1: blue and a necklace over her boobs and
0: yes she wore an amazing blue peacock ball gown quote oh beautiful okay um not a Uh, good song and it really is entirely it it makes the ending Uh, of the film like like i don't even because here's the thing like my heart will go on is so incredibly iconic in its stupidity to me to me anyway because it's such a stupid song but it's like engraved in my mind for titanic it's not engraved in my mind this is not engraved in my mind for avatar
1: no. Well, I mean, you know why t- the song at the end of Titanic stuck is because at the end of Titanic, I and I was there to witness this, like 80% of the theater is crying their eyes out. And it's so also So it's the song you know. with the emotion. And so that, you know, people got really attached to the song because they associated it with this really strong feeling. And it's... This one, you know, it's the try, the, 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 you know, they're the humans have left and, you know, spoiler, Jake successfully goes into his avatar and then that's it. And it cuts immediately to black. And we're just like, oh, okay, well, that's good then. And so you're left with, oh, well, that's good then. And then the song starts and the song is terrible and overwrought. And (laughs) so nobody cared. (laughs)
2: All right, so there's something else. Uh, let's talk about the tree for a minute here. How would why why would the the tree know a procedure to put a human being in into an av- avatar body? <laughs> they, like they had like a whole ritual
0: for it.
1: It's the <laughs> collective knowledge of the entire race
0: that is in the trees, David. Even though that yeah, even though humans have not, are not souls. a part of the culture.
1: Aren't you paying attention, David?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> that actually is a a very very good question uh, amongst many that David has brought up this episode Uh, so at this point in the show oh sorry go on Nicole
1: wait, wait 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 I will give Avatar one thing that I am grateful to it for and that is the renaissance of Stephen Lang's career Stephen Lang plays the colonel Everybody immediately was like, wow, who's that guy? You know? And he, of course it's one of those overnight success stories where he was working for 30 years beforehand. Um, but since then he's been getting more regular, more higher profile work. He was fantastic last year in don't breathe. Um, so I am at least very happy that he has gotten a better career out of this movie.
0: Oh, and by the way, Nicole, uh, typically yeah. toward the end of a film, you will also give us a uh, a good, nice rating on uh, whiteness to non-whiteness ratios in terms okay. of the diversity casting <laughs> of these films. This is obviously majorly white D. film. Yeah, yeah. Are, Who is are Ma- there any obviously
1: minorities major minus in terms of the white savior trope? but
0: there's, there's, there's one of the scientists as a person of color. yes. And I, and he's
1: actually, he plays the exact same role again in inception, uh, as the scientist of color who helps someone interface with the non-real world. You're right. I remember Um, that. Wow. (laughs) Wow. But the, you know, um, you know, obviously major minus that it's the white savior has to come in and save the natives. Um, but at least playing a lot of the Na'vi, there are people of color like Wes Studi plays uh, the head of the tribe uh, CCH Pounder plays the shaman of the tribe, Zoe Saldana plays Neytiri um, uh, what's his name hold on I isn't this sure actually more this of a dingo because in, a, in a
0: white savior savages film this, um, the only people Laz of color Laz
1: Alonso plays Tsute the okay. The other warrior, who's sort of the rival uh, for right. his affections, and Dilip Rao is the one who plays uh, Doctor Max Patel, who is uh, he's also in Inception, playing a similar character.
0: So the people of color got the roles that he deemed kind of the savages in his plot.
1: Yeah, and it's you don't actually see any of them. Yeah, <laughs> the only person of color you see is Michelle Rodriguez.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I Michelle like, Rodriguez is here. That. I forgot. This isn't a Robert Rodriguez film. Um, I forgot she can be in other people's movies. Um yes. Okay, well, at the end of every episode of Geek Cinema Society, we always look at some crazy things on eBay, Amazon, whatever, to find what people are selling in relation to the film that we watched. This week, of course, we watched Avatar, and I found some weird things. I'm going to throw some things out there, and I'd like some from my, my co-hosts if they have any first of all this isn't that weird but i just want to throw it out there so i can so i can poop on it uh avatar (laughs) made a game and it was for xbox 360 and ps3 and i remember when the game came out everybody thought it was the greatest thing ever everybody thought the game was as good as the movie and the movie was phenomenal and it was it was like the first video game based on a movie that was good no it's bad it's really, yeah. really bad. Go watch footage of it. It's terrible. Bad. It's really awful. But you can I'm get it even for six dollars. Of the game. Oh, it's awful. You switch off between playing as humans and playing as the Na'vi to try to give you perspective on both, and it actually does a slightly better job of fleshing out both parties because it, it's forced to. Um, mm-hmm. But still not good uh and but the thing is, is that people loved it it was a really big deal that year um because people thought it was a first like one of the first videos video games based on a movie to be decent it's funny both ways don't really work that well in that capacity um and then i found a couple other things for example a uh an action figure of jake sully in his wheelchair which is <laughs> just what, which is a little odd to me i'm not sure why you would want him to well, In you know,
1: his... if you're a person who has a disability, it's nice to see some representation there. I can see why they would, why they would have it, and why somebody would want it.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, well, that's you can get that for ten ninety five with four fifty shipping on eBay. And then finally, the last thing I want to send out is just this person selling a collection of hands, and they are Jake Sully's hands <laughs> that can be attached to his body. Assuming you can find the rest of his body, uh, and they're twenty nine ninety nine with free shipping, and they're one to six scale. So
1: that's weird.
0: Yeah, it's creepy. Okay, so there's Avatar hands. There's also Avatar feet. Yes, and here's the funny thing. They're being sold by the same guy, but he doesn't have the full set, I don't think. So he's only selling, like, the head, (laughs) the feet, the hands, and a couple other things. And if you actually Uh, look at his profile, he specializes in selling, like, dismantled hot toys. Like, you can get Bruce Lee's head. And just his head. Or you can buy his foot or something like that. Bruce Lee's head? Yes. So... That exists. Uh, Does anyone else have anything?
1: Yeah, I found uh, the Neytiri Halloween costume Oh, it's so bad.
0: Oh, Jesus. Which
1: (laughs) is not so much weird as creepy. Uh Uh-huh. Or at least it's, you know, the picture on the package has a model painted blue with the wig sort of awkwardly just... Perched on the top of her head, I won't really even say that she's wearing it properly. Um, and it's it's just it's weird and it's creepy and I don't like it. But it's all I could find.
0: Wait, wait this this looks like like a manufacturer defect Jack Sparrow thing without the hat. Well, that's not yeah, kind
1: of
0: probably the same template. <laughs> oh, that's not good. So
2: I got a couple of things to throw in okay. one right here. You can recreate floating Pandora
0: in your fish tank. Thanks. To
1: oh, that's cool.
0: World of avatar. <laughs> uh, Wait, World of avatar. Does that mean they're start, they're selling right. this through Disney? Yo, there's so much of the Disney crap on eBay.
2: Uh, oh, man. this is also, this is from San Diego comic con. It's avatar. Jake Sully, battle cry, warrior movie. Uh, it's an action figure, <laughs> but the perspective on it makes it look really disproportionate and freaky. <laughs> uh, and also just bad. But also, <laughs> if you really want to be Jake Sully, you can purchase
1: Ah! This... <laughs> oh, that... Yeah, right? That's you can purchase Jake Sully
2: <laughs> costume mask in which he's just like snarling.
1: <laughs> I, I liked guess. the snarling. I liked every time you got to see the fangs
2: yeah and the Navi oh, that's and, uh, awful. And one last thing, there is a Navi makeup kit. What I love about this though, uh, is like kind of the odds and ends of it like it comes with the two avatar ears and like a bunch of stuff that you can like bedazzle yourself with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, turn yourself it... into a, a, a navi and it seems like this is something that you're gonna regret putting on instantly.
1: <laughs> wow. I think David found the
0: best stuff this week. Uh, yeah, this, no,
1: definitely David wins the the eBay search.
0: This this mask is terrifying. Like this would yeah. scare children. Why does he have That's to be actually- so angry? <laughs> man, he's
1: fighting off the white people, man.
0: <laughs> okay, he's got every right to be angry. Also, why is there just a bottle of green stuff inside of the Avatar makeup kit? What's that? They're not. There's no green on them. Is it body paint for the stripes? Do they oh, maybe, bleed maybe green? it's the stripes. I don't know. Uh, okay. I can't
1: remember. Do they bleed green?
0: Uh,. No. I don't know. I'm done with this. We spent an hour with this. We spent an, an hour with this. We're moving on. Um, Avatar. You can go see it if you really, really want. If you have not yet seen it, uh, let's go around it's, the table it's though.
1: Interesting. At
0: least it's it's you know. a, yeah, it's okay. D- uh, D- David Ginsberg. I, I mean, I'd like to just you know get a broad opinion from you as the guest before we head out. It's very obvious where we we all three stand. Is this a film that you would ever go back to? Do you think?
3: I would go back okay i guess i have to preface it i would not go back to watch this movie if james cameron made a prequel like pre humans getting there and you get to just see the na'vi doing their thing uh i'd give it a chance i'm not going to see the the sequels in the the theater because there's not a reason for me to spend my money on that uh but no i i i don't see myself going back to
0: pandora anytime soon that's a really good idea actually typically i I bemoan the idea of having prequels but i'd probably be into a prequel of this series i'd be into a couple of them rather than just humans carpet bombing uh like the amazon uh okay well that's gonna do it for us uh david where can people find you online what are you up to all that good stuff
3: uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash Tales from the Fandom, or you can find the podcast uh, on pretty much any podcast app just by searching Tales from the Fandom. Uh, I've got a lot of episodes coming out and it'll be it'll be almost uh, two years, hopefully, you know, next June. So we're, we're slowly rolling
0: towards it. Well, congratulations. Very, very cool. Uh, and Nicole, uh, what do you have going on?
1: Well, I am the caretaker for the Geek Cinema Society Facebook page at facebook.com slash geek cinema society. And you can find me on Twitter under at your word, whiz. and that's Y O U R W O R D W H I Z, where I may or may not have some ruminations about why a giant mech suit would need a giant bowie knife. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Thank you. Got it. Outside.
0: David Luzader where can people find you online what are
2: you up to oh you can find me every week on the heck yeah comics podcast and on Brookbot Mountain here on the blazing caribou network caribou studios studios Uh, and you can find me around the internet under the username Davluz
0: that is D-A-V-L-U-Z so Twitter Snapchat and Instagram find me there right on my name's brett david stewart you can find me at brett david that's really easy hit me up on twitter at rivers if you want to moan about avatar with me and we can go ahead and do that that's the place i'm most active and you're most likely to be able to get a hold of me uh that's gonna do it for myself for both of the davids and for nicole it was a pleasure having you all here and we will be back next week see you then